Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale. We hope you're safe and well wherever you may be. Today we hear from Banerjee Iberia, Chief Executive Pilar Blasco, Global Head of Content Development James Towley, and EMEA Head of Scripted Lars Blomgren, plus DLO Production Chairman and Founder Jose Manuel Lorenzo. All from last week's Connector Fiction and Entertainment co-production event in Spain. Banerjee Iberia comprises eight production companies across Spain and Portugal and is behind local versions of hit formats Masterchef, Temptation Island and Big Brother, as well as original formats like Your Face Sounds Familiar and dramas such as Hierro and La Catedral del Mar. The company was among those at the Connector Fiction and Entertainment co-production event in Toledo last week and Iberia Chief Executive Pilar Blasco, Banerjee Head of Content Development James Townley and Head of Scripted Lars Blomgren spoke to Nico Franks about the latest changes in the marketplace, including new rules impacting local producers, the content pipeline between Spain and Latin America, the economic outlook and interplay between scripted and non-scripted. First up, Pilar Blasco. My name is Pilar Blasco, I'm in charge of um, Banijay Iberia and we have, uh, it's a kind of uh, network of independent producer companies, uh, the number of the companies are eight, two in Portugal and, and the, the rest in, in Spain and we mix uh, all genres, scripted and scripted and content and we produce, uh, create and distribute content in all kind of platforms as well. We're at Connector Fiction and Entertainment in Toledo in Spain and you spoke uh, as part of the panel with Amazon Prime Video, uh, a company you've been working with. So how do you balance working with the streaming companies and also the local broadcasters in Iberia? We have the chance of uh, working with uh, these two kind of uh, clients, of customers, which is um, free-to-air and streamers. And um, it's very good uh, for us as creative and as producers as well, because they give us the opportunity to create differently, um, to think things for, for our targeted um, audiences or uh, wider audiences as uh, the, the free-to-air uh, can, can give us. We are uh, responsible um, as well of uh, social phenomenon because our our shows in free to air have this uh, kind of um, peculiarity. No, they are very very followed by young people, by users of uh, digital um, uh, and social uh, networks, and uh, and we, we we have this feedback immediately in free to air, whereas uh, in, in in streamers. Uh, the situation is different, different, but we can reach global audiences as well. So it's very good to have both in, in our market. And how does what those platforms are looking for differ? Um, they always are looking for the, the tweets in, in a particular genre. No? They produce reality, they produce the same genres than the free to air, but with a twist, with a differentiation, uh, with a different angle. And, and we try to, to, to do it as well. No? It's a challenge for us. And what are some of the big shows uh, you're working on in Spain and Portugal at the moment? Bueno, we have the big brands uh, of uh, the, the classic brands as Masterchef, Temptation Island, Secret Story, Big Brother, uh, Your Face and Familiar. 
um, many, many others uh, because we, we produce the voice as well in Portugal and uh, Marriott at Versailles, uh, many more. No? And we have a pipeline next year, very, very exciting with streamers. I can't say anything because they don't allow us to, 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 to talk about, but there are uh, original ideas from our companies, um, very, very with this uh, particular angle and, uh, and with, uh, it's, it's, it's like a renovation of a genre. It is very, very exciting times. And being part of Banerjee, that's a, a huge global production group. What would you say is kind of unique about Banerjee Iberia and the content that comes out? We are global, but we produce local and we reach global as well as, as the platforms do. Because, um, for example, with Your Friends and Familiar, it's, it's a Spanish format that um, is, I think is the most uh, traveled format in the year, 43 countries. And the, in the history, not in this year, exactly in the in the in the history, no. And the bridge uh, is following this path as well, and, and we hope uh, we can reach these these numbers, no. So the the creativity in, in Iberia is very local, but is um, has appealing for, for for other countries, and we are very um, independent, no, no, not for uh, not related to Iberia in general. All the countries in in Banijay are very independent in in the. Um, uh, in the genres they are focused on or in the kind of production. All of us have the same uh, high level uh, or, or the same values in, in, in production, but we, we are very free in, uh, in, in terms of creativity. And how about that balance between scripted and unscripted and, and how is that changing? It's easier to, to produce uh, entertainment and, uh, and cheaper. Uh, but uh, nowadays, uh, scripted is more uh, demanding from the from the platforms and from the streamers. So we are um, trying to, to do our best. We are originally uh, heavy producers of entertainment and f very heavy creators of entertainment. But nowadays, we are very most a little bit more focused on on scripted. So you mentioned eight production companies in the group are you looking to increase that number and if so in what genres um, precisely uh, we are we always um, want to to post the entrepreneurialism in, 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 in other companies. No? We, we want to, to attract this kind of style of production for our network of companies. And also we, we like to, to fuel diversity in creativity. No? The other um, sites uh, in, in, in scripted, for example, recently we have uh, a partnership with Epocepsy, with Alistair Iglesias and Carolina Bank, which is dark terror, dark comedy, and also young, young content, young adult content and and they have the the focus on helping new creators so uh, this kind of companies are our focus uh, to to attract them and it seems just from kind of the clips i've been seeing you know during all the sessions a common theme in in terms of spanish content it's quite extreme quite you know big brash kind of um loud is that fair to say so I was just thinking about like the, the clips that we saw of the show you're making for Amazon. It's a, it's a surrealistic format. It's, it's very, very funny. And we have uh, created two things. Uh, we have added two things to, to twist uh, on that um, uh, global uh, show, which is the, the, the fourth um, wall. 
there are public audience uh, behind the wall and the, the control room no, with the two hosts uh, which is a kind of Dr. No and uh, Silvia Abril and Carolina Iglesias in that uh, in that case. no. So uh, it's very crazy, very surrealistic and very, very funny. And the big talking point here at Connector is the changes uh, to the audiovisual laws in Spain. I think this week there's been a vote for someone, you know, not super familiar with what's going on in Spain at the moment. Could you kind of bring me up to speed and what it means for the production sector here? I envy very much uh, the situation of our peers in Europe, no? French, Portuguese, Italian, because they have a very regulated uh, market and, um, and it's, it's a market that um, uh, protects a little or help a little the independent producer companies. It's not the case in Spain. Uh, we are very long on, on this. No? Our position as independent producers, uh, we have an association, a professional association of course, is try to, to talk with all the operators in the market because they have um, approved the law without uh, taking in account our position or our opinion. No? And we want to, to be here uh, because uh, we think that if we regulate a little bit our market, we can strengthen the, the market, build a strong uh, audiovisual sector, and that is good for, uh, for everybody. And overall, it's good for protect our IP as a country. It's a um, uh, cultural richness. And we have to, 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 to achieve that. Uh, we don't have uh, many rights uh, right now. So we are trying to talk to all the broadcasters and platforms and government and try to, to reach a, a solution. And a key part of the, the disagreement is in terms of how an independent producer is defined. So what changed? Exactly. That is a, is a problem, the definition of independent producer. We think as pro independent producers that we have to, an independent producer has to be independent of a broadcaster because you can have more richness uh, and more diversity in the side, not only following the strategy of a particular company. No? So I think it's important to have more voices around and also the IP rights. And the fear is that the change to the law means that it will be easier for broadcasters and streamers to just kind of produce in-house. And so what's, what's kind of in place to kind of try and stop that from happening? If, if there was the vote this week, what happens next? The next movement from our side is to talk to, to all of them because we think that uh, we have to, to, to have uh, in our country more diversity, more voices, more companies and uh, more stories to, to, to be told. And, uh, and, and, and more subjects, no? It's, it's, it's very dangerous to have only um, a couple of voices, no? And a big part of Connector is all about linking Spain with the Americas. And obviously in Banerjee, there's uh, lots of activities in the US, you know, with the US Hispanic audience, but also in Latin America. So how do you work with those companies within the family? We work very well. In fact, uh, Clara Machado, which is uh, in the descriptive side of Endemolzain Bundok, which is Mexico brand of, of Panijay, Mexican, and uh, she's here with Jerry, which is a director of uh, scripted as well. So the collaboration is uh, the synergy. We try to, to, to do synergies, for example, in Big Brother. We help a lot uh, with our executive producers from Spain going to, to Mexico and vice versa. No, it's, 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 we, we are very, very close friends. And finally, 
Um, what would be your kind of main takeaway from this year's event? I, I think the best one is is, is to, to be together with with all the with different companies, with our competitors, but we have a very good relationship with them, no? Because we are part of the same ecosystem. So we, we, we have to, to understand each other, no? And, and that is the, the, the best part of these kind of things. And uh, of course, uh, to, to hear our customers talk about uh, their uh, next uh, big thing or they are thinking on their strategy. So it's, it's, it's a very good to, to share ideas overall. It's the, it's the best thing to, to take away. Pilar Blasco. Here's James Townley. Banajay's unscripted activities in Spain and globally is probably as as rampant as it's ever been. I think we, we saw that the reliance of, of the markets needing non-scripted content, certainly in the depths of COVID, has maintained itself into 2022. And we are, we're seeing it more and more. And our, and our labels, our non-scripted labels in Spain, whether it's Guest Music, Zeppelin, Banerjee Birds, Shine Iberia, that they're seeing, they're seeing huge amount of traction with their content. And actually, especially in, in regards to, to the role I have, which is very much focused on development pipelines and new IP, new formats being created by Spain. Um, and whether that's for, for their linear broadcasters or the streamers and their local streamers, we're seeing a lot of success coming through at the moment. So very, very exciting times for the Spanish teams. And what sense do you get from the local broadcasters in terms of their demand? Or is it being led by the streamers? I think it's a bit of both. They sort of they sort of seem to play off each other. I think they everyone's always always competing. And it's really interesting with that streamer question because a lot of those local broadcasters have now got that catch-up service that feels like a, even more of an extended catch-up service that t- that turns into a local streamer of sort. Um, so it feels like again, as well as it is globally with that opportunity, the local opportunities for Spain are as great as they've ever been. So. When you talk to Pilar, who, who runs Spain and Portugal for Banerjee, she's so excited about the opportunities that her teams now have to sell that content. Yes, it's, it's as competitive as it's ever been, but I think sort of from my personal view is, is the ideas always shine through and the ideas that we're seeing and privileged to see the development pipelines coming through across those businesses is, is, is as exciting as it's ever been for sure. And a big part of 2022, I think, for Banerjee was focusing on those uh, super brands, brands like MasterChef and the like. So how is that going so far? I mean, they are, the super brands certainly live up to their billing of, of, of super brands. And I think, again, since 2020, 2021, where we had those challenges of COVID, they really sort of, sort of consolidated themselves because the market knew that there was, they were so well known that they would always drive that audience, whether it was Big Brother, whether it was Hunted, whether it was Lego Masters, whether it was Survivor, absolutely. So they're doing incredibly well and actually year on year they're growing, which is fantastic and, and emerging in new markets, but also getting recommissioned and, and generating that appetite and audience in those new markets. Um, but I think what we're seeing now is the opportunity for new IP in those new formats. You know, probably if, if we're looking at the tone, it's, it's more positive, more uplifting, absolutely the hopes and dreams of that sort of younger demographic and really trying to attract that younger demographic. But we're seeing the those key genres, whether they're super brands or new formats, really emphasizing themselves in the market. So absolutely reality, absolutely dating. Um, you know, the, and then it spins off into beach reality, adventure reality like Hunted, 
Um, so, and then, and then I think what's great for us now, and, and we've seen it, you know, with guest music, with their absolute fundamental DNA of, of shiny floor entertainment shows and game shows, studio entertainment is, is coming back. You know, we, we saw it in the UK with Starstruck, and actually we're seeing really, we're seeing a lot of um, interest globally for that particular format. And I don't think that's a surprise because it, it ticks the boxes that we know audiences are loving. It's, it's great escapism. It's got iconic singers. It's got music. It puts smiles on people's faces. It's very positive. And music is universal. So, um, so yeah, so absolutely lots to look forward to. No question about it. And how are you incorporating some of those things that you learned during the pandemic in terms of development, remote working, yeah. things like that? How are they kind of being carried into 2022? Obviously, the pandemic is still happening, but, but we're able to come to events like this pretty easily now. No, and thankfully, definitely thankfully we are. I think that's a really good question. I think in a way, and not only for Banerjee, but the whole community, when the whole, commu the whole creative community was facing the challenges of COVID, there were so many learnings that came through those challenges. And actually, as well as COVID, Banerjee had the... The, the fairly sizable integration process with Endemol Shine. So it was fundamental that we brought those creative communities together virtually as much as we could. With that came learnings from our super brands that can transcend into the new IP and the new format. So whether that is from a production management point of view, whether that is creatively what we can shoot, opportunities to shoot in different territories. And, and more and more we're seeing uh, projects where there's a there's a hub system involved. So we use one location and we fly in the international team. So I think, you know, you, you, you look at Banerjee as a whole, it, it certainly has a significant size to it, but it's about leveraging that size in the right way. And, and I think we're really leveraging that because we're sharing and communicating. The communication is absolutely fundamental to what we do because there are so many creatives working on their own projects that actually our other creatives would love to learn that and help them solve the problems that pop up in the everyday life that they have on their productions. And some of the trends we're seeing in Unscripted are kind of being influenced by Scripted. Uh, so Squid Game obviously had a massive impact. Yeah. And we're now going to see a, an Unscripted version of that show on Netflix. How much do you communicate with your, you know, obviously Banerjee has such a huge Scripted yeah. um, and Unscripted um, unit. To what extent are you in contact with your scripted colleagues about spin-offs potentially in an unscripted? It's a really good question. The answer is all the time because you, you look at scripted, you look at, let's say from a Banerjee point of view, you, you look at Black Mirror, you know, you, you look at these iconic scripted shows, you cannot help but be inspired by them and then the, the great part of the role and the creative role that all our producers have globally is that we can take that and turn that into the non-scripted version and how we do it. And like you say, it's very Squid Game, iconic for many reasons. The new non-scripted show has just been announced. There, there's, I think there's a lot of interest in what that will look like and how that will play out. Um, but it, it, they, they will definitely have their work cut out because it's not as easy to just replicate it in that non-scripted space because of the appetite of the audiences and, and what those non-scripted audiences expect to see especially when you have so many contributors at the start and how that plays through. You know, we see that with, with big um, reality shows where you have sort of hundreds, if not sometimes thousands of initial competitors at the start. It's how you tell that story and make it interesting for the viewer. And anything in active development in that sense 
on the on the unscripted side? There's plenty inactive. Inactive. There's lots of very very exciting things, and they're really. I'm not. I'm honestly not just saying it. And I think they they're sort of they've been the sort of come to fruition off the back of, you know, COVID about of those fairly intense creative sessions that you can have when you are slightly challenged by where you are sitting and not having the interaction with others um, but some really really big ideas and actually two or three of the biggest ideas that we will be announcing really really shortly are coming from Spain um, and whether it's a local broadcaster or it's a streamer so so definitely and, and one of those other big big shows where going back to your point about being inspired by the scripted space is um, the recent Endemolshine North America uh, show The Courtship that ran on NBC and Peacock uh, and, and that obviously has, again, we know that there are there are audiences all over the world that, that love period drama, and and they did a version of that in that non-scripted space, um, which was incredibly ambitious, and, and they did a great job. And could it go the other way? So are your scripted colleagues getting in touch with you about scripted versions? Yeah, I, it's almost like you've got a bug in the office. Um, that is literally 36 hours ago, that was the conversation we were having. Going, someone in the team went... Could we not be doing what's what's a survivor? What's a real? What's a scripted version of Big Brother, etc. And I and I think definitely. And I think that's what the great thing is about Banerjee having this creative community. Yes, they're scripted. Yes, there's non-scripted. And and, and usually the split is about 75% non-scripted, 25% scripted. But we're all working together. And actually now we can get out and about, come to events like Connector, internal events. You want people to talk the whole time, uh, and that's happening now. And, and, and we're seeing some, some really, the strengthening of those relationships, but really, really positive creative conversations happening where those hybrids, even those, you know, that sometimes the, the scripted and non-scripted space can morph slightly into each other. You get that hybrid. So it's really exciting. It's exciting times for sure. And you mentioned Big Brother there. Is yeah. Big Brother returning uh, on ITV in the UK? I, I have no idea. The, the, the industry is always a mystery. Um, but what we do know is that Big Brother is doing incredibly well across the across the globe. Currently, it, it's not on in the UK, and um, we hope to get it on in the UK as soon as possible. And is there a, por- a Portuguese version? So Big Brother in Portugal, it was on air for nine months, and now having it's, a, a rest. It's, it's having a well-deserved rest, and I'm sure it will be back soon. But yeah, and I think there's a there's definitely it's a Big Brother in particular has been one of those formats that through everything I think. We have this amazing stat at work that in the last 18 and a half years, every single day Big Brother has been on somewhere in the world. Um, and it continued through COVID. Um, so yeah, so I think Portugal, absolutely. And there are various other versions um, coming through uh, the development pipeline at the moment. But I think as most, most big brands, you always want to give it a rest. You don't want to sort of saturate the market too much because you, you want to make sure that interest still remains. James Townley. Here's Lars Blomgren. Obviously, Spain, it's a very buoyant market. Um, but obviously, against the wider kind of economic backdrop, there's lots of talk of a recession. How do you feel that's going to impact the work you do going forward? Ah, well, the honest answer is that I still don't know. The stories are driven by the creative community, and, and we will see the change in the stories they bring to us. But then you have the financial aspect, and of course, and, and, and we know that they're all under pressure. So I think we will see a tighter budget, some more financial control, and, and maybe not as wild as the, in the commissioning, more for a wider audience or a, a broader appeal. I always 
get reminded of the phrase the BBC, I don't know if they coined it, but that fewer, bigger, better kind of mantra that they, they started saying a few years ago. Do you think that could kind of be adopted by the industry as a whole? I, I don't think we're going into a, a volume war. I mean, volume is not an aspect. I think it's quality and not necessarily bigger, but better. I mean, if you look at a show like Ethos, the, the Turkish Netflix show, that, that's a really... It's not an expensive show, but it's a brilliant show. So, and I think curation and, and the, the final tweaks, shows will get better. And I, I think we wanted to see, when I, in my communication with the, the streamers, you can see that they're changing, the, the development model is evolving, and they, they're not that eager to get things to the market with the American time frame. They let us development, develop longer and, and edit and the process is just more and more adapted to the local conditions. So. And how about in terms of talent and you know attaching big name talent because obviously that's been a trend over the years with more film talent now in TV and the lines kind of completely blurring. Are you seeing a willingness from talent to kind of take Less, uh, you know, less of a big paycheck in order to work on projects. Ah, that's definitely case by case. I mean, and it's it's if you have a big like a Hollywood star or a big name or UK whatever, it's a question of timing. If you if you ask this question and they're between two projects, then maybe you can get them. But but that's that's kind of against the agents' will. But 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 I think that everyone accepts that features are TV are becoming as important as, as the feature films and, and everyone needs to adapt to that business model as well. So, but then for some streamers, the big names is a big thing. For others, it's not a big priority. So it's case by case. And we're here in Spain. Tell me a bit about Banerjee's work in the, in the area. So there's Banerjee, Banerjee Iberia, so that includes Portugal as well. The reason why I'm here is because it's a big priority. and. and you know, we talked about this before, that it's not about borders anymore, it's about language and the Hispanic world, it's a huge market. And, and we have great production companies here, you know, the, everything from, you know, Diagonal and Poughkeepsie. And then now even Shine Iberia is doing their first scripted show, this uh, Miguel Bosia project. And that's actually a good example of what we're after, because that's something that we know for sure that it's going to work both in Mexico and for the Hispanic population in the U.S. and Spain. So, so, but it's a big priority. And what is it about that project that you think will make it work between those two places? Because obviously it's not a given that a Spanish language project will automatically work but there. First of all, I think the most important thing, if, if you show, for a show to travel, it needs to be re relevant somehow. And Miguel Bosé is a big name, but it's also a very good and emotional story. So I think, I mean, that's what it takes. There's no secret formula, it's just you have to be, it needs to be good. And during your session here at Connector, there was mention of Squid Game. And obviously, that you mentioned how kind of dark and almost depressing that show is. And in our conversations with buyers, we're hearing a lot of demand for feel-good shows. And you were talking also about how writers will bring stories, the stories to you rather than you, you dictating what you're looking for. Um, obviously, there is this desire for feel-good shows, but do you feel that actually actively looking for those isn't actually what the audience wants necessarily? I said, that's a million dollar question. And, and I don't think that the audience have a problem diving into the dark side of, of the, the events happening. But I think some kind of silver lining is, will help you, and well, at least to get the show commissioned. But I had a fantastic conversation with the ACE producers. You know, there's a, there's a European scheme with pretty good 
producers, and, 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 and I think they were like 30, and I asked them out in the room, what about the stories you're receiving now? And this is feature film people, but they all, they, they mentioned stories of hate, but also overcoming hate, and, you know, and, and conflict, and injustice, and things. I mean, and that's all, that's the thing that's happening right now. I mean, we've got the Me Too movement, we've got the Black Lives Matters, and there's, there's lots of stories of revenge, and justice, and like I said, overcoming hate as well. Is that feed, yeah dripping down into what you're looking for and what you're developing? Not yet. I mean, the the, the, the other challenge, of course, is that the development time of, of, of scripted project that's years. So it's, it's a very slow. It's like a tanker. You turn the wheel and then two kilometers later it starts turning. So I don't see it that much, but I'm I'm sure we will see. The Jewish com- community they always talk. They they're really good at early signs. And I think that's a very good thing. To, and, and right now, if you're looking at what happened in the theatres, the, like, like Dear Evan Hansen in London, they're, they're, it's a beautiful show, great reviews, but it's pitch dark and they're struggling with the audience. And I think that's, that's to me, is an early sign, what's happening at the theatres. I think we just have to watch the early signs and see what comes out of it. There's one knock-on effect of a recession is that obviously we're hearing about more and more people cancelling subscriptions due to the, the cost of living crisis but you know if people are going to be going out less they're going to be watching more at home so could that be a, a flip side to a to a potential recession i mean in, in earlier crisis the, the going i mean the, the working class entertainment in the old days that was the movies and then in all the recessions all the crises people went to the movies so i think i i'm not too concerned that we will lose our audience i think it's it's going to become it's more we have to adapt and tell the stories that, that works for the creative community and the audience. So. And is there a feeling that kind of that kind of huge spending wasn't necessarily great for creativity? Because obviously a show could have a big, as big a budget as you like, but that's not going to guarantee it's going to be great. I mean, the good thing is that out of that came a quite a few new, really good creative people that they got a chance to do their first project. So. It, it kind of helped us build a new generation, and and also this was it was all about future value and and and, and you know growth and I think it's going to be different now when everyone needs to like when we're they will be evaluated for the business they're doing now and the, and the quarterly numbers so it's a big difference. And you're across so many different markets. Where where are you seeing really interesting projects uh, coming out of at the moment? I mean Spain of course I mean that, that, that's the main thing but, but and we've touched upon that but I, I think you would see like India for instance and it's extremely with 1.4 billion people and, and, and they have a tradition of I think almost 95% of all the viewings would be local content and, and that's an extremely interesting market and, and a diverse market so that's important for them and that's good shows coming out they also have this because they do they so they need local content they do a lot of remakes with the and we're doing it's like call my agent Bollywood which is like a weird thing to do but it, it's absolutely well it's so funny to say and so it's a way of peeking into that culture as well and you're seeing yeah on the, on the scripted remake angle there was a kind of train of thought that because people are enjoying the, the, the non-English language versions of the, the original shows that remakes might dwindle. Are you seeing that kind of in your day-to-day? I mean, we've done eight versions of The Bridge, so I, 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 know, I know that sometimes you're competing with yourself, sometimes, but 
I think the general conclusion right now is that if you have multiple versions of a show, they will actually build. They're not, they will, they're not going to destroy. There's been lots of discussions about India and because they always want the, the Hindi subtitle right for the rest of the world, you know, the, the English subtitles, and that's been that's been arguments whether this is for the better or worse. But I think everyone's letting go of that now. So kind of a case of all boats rising. Yeah. Yeah. Lars Blomgren. Jose Manuel Lorenzo is chairman and founder of DLO Productions, one of Spain's most well-established independent production companies, behind series including Radio Gago for Movie Star Plus and La Casa Monteperdido for RTVE. The 20-year-old company became part-owned by Banerjee five years ago, joining together with Magnolia, and during his career, Lorenzo has been chief of Spanish Producers Association Pate and previously a senior exec at Antenna 3 and Canal Plus. He spoke to Nico Franks at the Connector Fiction and Entertainment co-production event in Toledo last week about new regulations being brought into the country that will change the definition of independent production companies and which are causing major concerns for those who work for them. I am José Manuel Lorenzo. I am the founder and uh, president of uh, uh, DLO Productions, a kind of production, a kind of boutique that we do uh, high-level products like Dimic and Soy, or La Caza, or El Immortal, and we keep going, doing beautiful, trying to do beautiful things. And you also, you also have a role at PATE, the Producers Association, is that right? Well, I used to be, I mean, I created the, 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 the PATE Association. I was the founder and creator, I was the president for many years. Just uh, two months ago, I make a step down because uh, I was too truly busy and uh, I didn't have the right time to dedicate to the to this uh, to this position and uh, Jordi Bosch who was my vice president and Jose Nevado who was my director general director they are they move step, uh, step up and, and they are the they want to rule the the association I mean I'm still member of the season of course and I am very active with them and I, I am like a honorary president right now I don't have the voice the voice, the voice belongs to Jordi Boss, cool. not uh, to me. Okay, I, I so had the voice for 10 years. <laughs> now the voice is Jordi Boss. So not speaking on behalf of uh, Pate, but in your you know, capacity as a, a member and as a producer in Spain, what's your take on what's happening in terms of the audiovisual law? Because it feels like it was designed to aid and boost the Spanish independent production sector, but it seems like it might have the opposite effect. Now, what I believe is that the Spain, for many, many years, before many other countries in Europe, we built a real industry between uh, operators. In that case, was uh, TV, Antena 3, I was a general manager of Antena 3, and also TV, and uh, Telecinco, and also the autonomic channels. And there was a real good balance between uh, creators and uh, broadcasters. Now, I mean, the rules were broke. I mean, all the new platforms, the business is so ambitious right now. And, the, and everybody is trying to forget what we did for many years. What the producers did, what the producers make. We didn't make alone, we didn't make very close to the channels. We also work close to the channels. They have their profits and we have our profits. We share the IP, we share the international rights, we share many things. Now things are completely changed. 
and in the balance we are losing, especially we're losing what we, what we want to be and what we were before. We want to be, we are, as producers, we're entrepreneurs, we're empresarial, we're businessmen, and also we are creators. And this is something that everybody has to understand. If we uh, are talking about how we are going with the law, with the European law, I mean, the Spain is, the, is recognized right now that the government is doing the things really, really bad. The government and the opposition. Why? Because they are completely scared about the news and the channels. And they, are, they, they forgot why we are ruling the government and what we are. I mean, Spain is the country that translates the law in the worst way, in whole Europe. You compare France, Italy, Germany, whatever, the European law, the European law, it was translated in the country by country. Spain is the worst country, and everybody knows that. And it's because the government and the opposition are completely scared about the news on television. That is something that I was ruler of the news for on, on, on the channel for many years. And to me, it's something that I can't understand why we don't sit government platforms, broadcastings, and producers try to solve our problems. It's just a conversation. And I sure, like we did in England or in other countries, that we can find a way that all of us can work together. But anyway, this is my personal voice. Because the voice of Patin belongs to Jordi Bosch, not to me. Eh? I have the voice for 10 years. Now it's my voice, my personal. I am more free. I have more freedom talking. I am, I'm talking about what I think. And well, for their part, they released the statement saying they were, you know, disgusted by by the by the law and you know could potentially doom um, the sector. So I think, yeah, you're on the same page in that sense. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, yeah, you were mentioning so that it's all about incorporating the EU um, laws around streaming um, and how much streamers should commission locally. Um, so, are you? Is the industry kind of unhappy in that sense as well, in terms of what demands the the law will make of the the, the U.S. streamers? You know what happened with the law, with the new law. As uh, Thegensky, the one of the biggest producers in the world, said the other day, this is the best moment for a producer in the creative way. We are able to do whatever we think. We have more money than ever. We have more platforms and more be and more uh, screens than ever we have uh, we don't need to do familiar uh, shows we can do beautiful shows more money is the best moment for a producer in that term in, in the creative side and it's the worst moment in the economic side something that I don't I don't want to accept because maybe I'm too old is that the producer is a uh, uh, like, a, like, can you say, it's like a, a worker that works for you outside. It's like an outside employee. Like work for hire, kind of the, more like in some ways the US model where producers don't well, hold the on US to their model IP. Has a different, you know, if I do my series in Spain, I do my series in Spain with the biggest success around the world. If I do it in the United States, I will be a millionaire. I will buy you. I will hire you. Now even I can pay you salary. You know, this is the difference. We have a great creative moment, but we need to balance this, all the work we do, 
with the money we have, like in the United States. You know what the platforms, I know that the platforms change the world, because when you do something for Netflix, when you do something for Amazon or whatever, I mean, the worldwide sales are done. They, they take the worldwide, you don't have, but at least they respect what you have to, to earn. Or they respect you as a producer, they give you some advice. This is something that you have to rule, because if not, at the end, we will be services companies. We have the idea. We have all the responsibilities. We have all the problems behind us. If something is wrong, it's our fault. They give you the money, of course, they give you the money. They give you the money, they pay you for the production. They didn't pay you for the creation. What I think is that we need to balance that, yes. This is a payment from the creation. It has to be solved. And it's a payment from the production. It has to be set to. So DLO is part of a wider group uh, you know, do you have sister no, companies? DLO is, belongs to me. I am the founder of DLO. I am Jose Manuel Lorenzo. I am, not the, I, I am working in this industry for 40 years. Uh, Bunny Yay is my partner, my best partner. They are, to me, is the best group that can uh, be close to something like me. That I am, I have to be my, my own. I, have, I want to do what I want. I don't need someone to. We are 50 50. They are Bunny Yay. 50% and I'm 50%. They respect me so much. They help me to develop my creativity, my opportunities, my capacity, and they help me all the day. And this is what we are. We are real partners. I am not a member of anyone. I am not an executive. I am too old and too rich to be an executive of anyone. <laughs> and and it, 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 it used to be that someone, some would say that that would mean you wouldn't be if you're part of any kind of this, what used to be the super indies then you were no longer kind of independent but I suppose that's shifted now because so many companies are part of so many different groups you know I am feel completely independent and most of the companies that are, uh, participate by a year but by year are independent I am really independent I have 50% of my company I'm really independent they be, they they help me in everything they give me all the support the financial support fortunately this financial support, the human resources, the legal resource that is too, too, and I pay for that, of course. But I am completely independent in the way I work, mm -hmm. in the creativity, in the way I work. I feel an independent company with a very, the best partner that I can have, Manille, mm -hmm. the best partner that I can have, Marco Bassetti. We have a truly fairly relation between us and also Stefan Curvi, and with them, we don't need, even we don't need to talk. I mean, I feel independent. They are part of me, of course. But they are truly independent. And most of the Banillet groups, even the Banillet is an independent company because we don't have a channel behind us. Being independent or not is not being small or big. Being independent is not have a channel behind you. I mean, if you want Telecinco, Antena 3, all of them are building companies, production companies, working for them. They are not independent because they belong to the company. What we want, to, even if you are big, Banillet or media, many big groups in Spain, they are barely, really big. Why we can be big? We can be big, but be big could be independent too. We are big and independent. Why we don't belong, we don't have any deal with any, with, we don't have any participation of any channel on us. Telecinco is not part of us. Antena is not part of us. Media said, no, no one, Netflix, no one. We are big, but independent. This is the difference. You can be small, but we can part of Mediaset. 
This is not the independent, which is different. It's not a problem of, of size, big or big or small. It's a problem. It's those links to the broadcasters. Exactly. Yeah. So in terms of, you were, you were saying more and more production companies in Spain do have links to broadcasters. So Buendia Studios, for example. Um, no links. But they're, the they're, part, of, they're part of them, are yeah. owners. And so when the broadcasters say, we won't, we're commissioning... We'll commission from anyone, you know, we have this in-house production company, but we'll, we'll, we're open to ideas from anywhere. Do you always, um, you know, think they're, they're not being truthful when they say that? And, and what will this law allow them to do? You know, Naiko, what we want, the only thing we want, as an independent producer, we feel, and as entrepreneurs, we feel, the only thing we want is that it's not fair that they pay us the production and keep all the rights. Paying the production is paying for our work. We do, as producer, as producer, we do a work. Produce one movie. This is a work, and they pay for that. The creation of the work that belongs to us is not part of this deal. It has to be a different deal. This is the, we, want, we want to separate. We do the production, we, and you pay me 10%, but the creation belong to us, not to you. You can buy me. You can buy everything from me. This is the only rule we want to. And we, on that case, but we are, but, but we know that without them, we are, we are nothing. Without the, without Netflix, without, we are, Amazon, Telecinco, Antena 3, we are, TV, TV, we are nothing. We need them, and they need us. Why we don't sit and, I mean, you and me are, Exactly the same size. But imagine that you are the double of me. Why? And if you're trying to, if you do me like that, you, you kill me on the floor. You put me on the floor. Why don't you put in the same table in the same way and understand what we do, what we did, how we build this market, the possibilities of the future? Because without us, it's not industry too. Without them, it's impossible. They are the main. I mean, they are. Antena 3, TV, Telecinco, eh, Netflix, Amazon, HBO, all of them. Without them, we are nothing. Without us, they don't have product. Try to balance that. What we do, what we do. In this moment, the balance is not, not fair. And are you hopeful that that could change, you know, if there's, you know, lobbying of the government, things like that? Of course, I understand them. They are trying to defend what they think, their interest, and we are pushing, trying to defend our interests. It used to me that I was in the both parts. I was for 18 years running televisions. I ran Antena 3, I ran Canal Plus, before I was in, in Telecinco, before I was in Spanish TV, in RTV. I was happy with it. And I know what we think when you are there. Now, for 20 years, I am this side, I'm producer. I know what we think. And I understand both. I am really, my balance is in the middle. I am not a hooligan of anyone. I understand what the channels want. I understand what the producer want. And I think it's too easy to sit and fix the rules and, and translate the, the European uh, law to Spain that make us feel happy and make them feel happy, especially for people because you know, with us there is no industry. With them there is no money. With them there is no uh, distribution. But without, there is no creation. We pay for the distribution, but they have to pay for the creation because the creation belongs to us. Jose Manuel Lorenzo speaking with Nico Franks.
That's all for this episode, but you can hear more discussion by tuning in to our C21 FM internet radio station, where you'll find new interviews airing from Monday. The podcast will be back next Friday. In the meantime, stay safe and up to date with all the latest international TV industry news and views by following C21 online, on mobile and social media. My name's Jonathan Webdale. Thanks for listening.